This is Alumni Allowed, a podcast by Graduate Center students for Graduate Center students. In each episode, we talk with a GC graduate about their career path, the ins and outs of their current position, and the career advice they have for students. This series is sponsored by the Graduate Center's Office of Career Planning and Professional Development. Welcome to another edition of Alumni Allowed. We're here with Dr. Amanda LaCastro. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So let's uh, start off with your, your research at the CUNY Graduate Center. So what questions drove your research at the CUNY Graduate Center? I'm interested in the intersections of technology and writing, which led me to pursue courses in book history and digital humanities. I arrived at the GC before the Digital Humanities program officially launched, which gave me a chance to work with brilliant scholars like Matt Gold and David Griefham on the development of the DH curriculum and initiatives like GCDI, which is the Graduate Center Digital Initiative, CUNY DHI, which is the CUNY Digital Humanities Initiative, and the Provost Digital Innovation Grant. And it was this community and really these financial opportunities that facilitated my collaborative project, the Writing Studies Tree, which is an online academic genealogy program, and my dissertation, which was a large-scale data analysis of student writing. While applying to graduate schools, I was specifically looking for a program that supported research in digital pedagogy. And honestly, it was the Instructional Technology Fellowship that sold me on the Graduate Center. It was one of the few places that prioritized teaching in the humanities. And the Instructional Technology um, and Pedagogy Certificate and the Instructional Technology Fellowship helped me pair critical theory with practical skills. So that prepared me both for teaching positions and alternative academic careers. So the emphasis on teaching within your fellowship kind of pulled you into the Graduate Center where you're able to do research on on student writing and how that relates to uh, digital pedagogy in in a fascinating way. So when did you make first make the decision to pursue a career at a university library and what steps did you take along your path to end up as emerging and digital literacy instructional designer at Penn Libraries? Knowing the realities of the academic job market in the humanities, I began preparing for our alternative academic careers early. In fact, you can listen to an interview with me early in my graduate career on the Connected Academics website through the Modern Language Association. I attended panels on alt-ac options at the MLA. I met with mentors in these positions to ensure that I was building a robust resume of skills However, even though my intention was clearly to look on the Alt-Ac track, while finishing my dissertation, I applied for a few traditional and hybrid positions, hybrid meaning that they were both teaching and administrative, um, as a practice round, just to test my job market materials and to hopefully get experience interviewing. And at that time, I was offered the position of assistant professor of digital rhetoric in the English department at Stevenson University which I happily accepted. So there I developed a five course series in digital studies, and I served as the faculty director of service learning. I also advised the digital literary magazine, and these opportunities directly drew on the competencies that I had cultivated at the GC, 
particularly working with the CUNY Academic Commons. So, you know, I actually started in a very traditional academic position, teaching a 4-4 load, advising students, you know, and researching and publishing. However, when the university experienced financial hardship, I began exploring other options again. Um, And this was, you know, in late fall 2019, early spring 2020, so the beginning of the pandemic when there were even fewer job opportunities available. And the job that I uh, currently have as the Emerging and Digital Literacy Instructional Designer at Penn came to me from one of my trusted mentors at the Graduate Center, Kathy Davidson, who had been sent who had been sent it by a mutual acquaintance. And because I had reached out to my dissertation committee to let them know that I was looking and of course to prepare them to write those all important <laughs> letters of recommendation, uh, she knew that I was searching and she thought it might be a good fit. When I was the assistant professor at Stevenson, I led a two-year grant study in integrating extended reality, so that's immersive technology like virtual and augmented reality, into the curriculum. That two-year grant project was hugely successful. It actually won me the Paul Fortier Award at the Digital Humanities Conference in 2017 and led to an entire research agenda around emerging technologies. So when this position presented itself, I had a really clear vision for what I could bring to the position. And I had a proven track record of how I could integrate these technologies into the curriculum at the University of Pennsylvania in pedagogically sound ways. So you started off in a traditional academic path at Stevenson, and you were able to continue to pursue your research there in in an award-winning fashion. Uh, While you were there, were there any other career paths that you considered? That's a great question. Um, And one answer is actually the role that I had as faculty director of service learning. So that was definitely an administrative position where I was helping to facilitate service learning across the curriculum. I was really helping faculty to think through community engaged teaching practices and pedagogies. And I was working with nonprofits to pair them with our courses to make sure that those collaborations were really sustainable and mutually beneficial. That experience really made me think about project management and, you know, work in the nonprofit sector with nonprofit organizations and community institutions. So I was thinking about how I could develop those project management skills and those administrative skills. I was very fortunate that my dean at the time, Cheryl Wilson at Stevenson, was very open to mentoring um, younger, early career scholar academics to take on roles in administration. So I had been thinking about those things as well. So you you began to hit on this uh, during the answer to your uh, first question, but what role did the Graduate Center have in your intellectual development and how did your experiences at the GC transform you into the instructional designer that you are today? I really have to give so much credit to the Instructional Technology Fellowship for so many reasons. First and foremost, it was a collaborative fellowship. We had 19 fellows from every discipline, you know, from 
chemistry to environmental psychology to art history. So I was working directly alongside, you know, scholars in every field who brought really unique perspectives to the role of technology in teaching. It was also a fellowship that um, not only did we work directly with faculty in, in a service role, so we were providing support for faculty, but we also were working directly with students, undergraduate students, um, to help them achieve their learning goals. So it gave you that teaching experience and that experience and comfort in the classroom. It allowed you to develop dynamic, innovative assignments and think about how to scaffold those assignments and assess those assignments. But on top of that, at our monthly meetings, we were always learning from each other. So really peer-to-peer -peer learning, new digital technology, digital literacy skills. So maybe it was learning how to make a child site on WordPress, or maybe it was learning how to use GitHub, or maybe it was learning to make interactive timelines using Timeline.js. There was always a focus on open access, open source philosophy of of the underlying philosophy of all, I really genuinely believe, all of the CUNY digital humanities and, and digital initiatives of being open and sharing. <laughs> and that I bring into everything I do, right? I always want to work in a collaborative team environment where diverse perspectives are making all of our approaches and, and products better. So in this team environment where you were you know, sharing your skills, developing literary uh, tools uh, together, you kind of, you work to, uh, you know, establish yourself in, in expanding the digital pedagogy in a fascinating way. But what were some of the challenges you encountered as you transitioned from graduate school to your career in academia? You know, it's, it's funny because I actually found it easier <laughs> to be a new faculty member than I did being a graduate student. Um, as a graduate student, I was often working like three jobs. I was an instructional technology fellow. I was an adjunct at NYU Gallatin. I was working for the um, CUNY Digital Humanities Initiative. I was writing my dissertation. I was traversing the city, you know, through multiple forms of public transportation. Every day was really, you know, you know, I left my house at 7.30 a.m. and I came back at 10 p.m. <laughs> it was really exhausting. And, you know, I always felt pulled in a million directions. And although I value every minute of that learning experience, and I would certainly be a perpetual student, as I think many of us would love to be, um, being a faculty member really actually allowed me to, to focus my energies and think about only one job and one, you know, trajectory at a time. And it really simplified my life in a lot of ways. It allowed me to cultivate a really clear research agenda and think about, you know, how I wanted to accomplish that. The challenge was certainly leaving a cohort that I had, you know, built in my years at the Graduate Center of like-minded people who are working on the same problems. So, you know, here I credit really the other Provost's digital innovation grant winners, Mickey Kaufman, Ben Miller, Gregory Donovan. We used to meet, you know, every week to help troubleshoot each other's code <laughs> and, you know, think through the, the sticking points of our research and work through 
any of the problems we are encountering with the more technical side of our dissertation work. And when I came to a very small school like Stevenson University, I was really the only one working in not only digital humanities, but really digital pedagogy, period. So I had to figure out how to cultivate that same community and keep those conversations going outside of my university. And I must tell you, I really did turn to social media and social networks for that. And it helped me think through how to network like on a global scale using communication technologies when I didn't have the the built-in cohort of people who are working on the same types uh, of research as I was. So while there were a lot of benefits of transitioning from graduate school to a faculty position, you had a lot more time. And I can definitely relate to juggling <laughs> a lot of different things at once while you're working towards completing your dissertation and trying to pay the bills and get the experiences you need to become faculty or work some other sort of position after you graduate. There, there were some challenges in that. You didn't have the same team that you worked with before. And that that team was key to your research and the the questions that were driving it and what you want, what you wanted to do and the sort of impacts that you wanted to have. So I guess, what would you recommend to current graduate students interested in pursuing a career working at a university library? This is a great question. And really, the answer is that you could never really anticipate what will be next in the industry. You have to figure out what you're passionate about, and you have to figure out what drives your research in ways that you're going to be able to put your energies and efforts into it without burning out and hope, right, that the field and the industry is going to follow you. If you try to change your research trajectory to fit the market, you're always going to be losing, right? You're always going to be behind because you can't predict the future, the trends that it will take. What I do know about working in university libraries is they are incredibly collaborative. So you do want to think about not just being the solo scholar, you know, working alone, you know, writing, but you want to think about what team projects that you can be a part of and how to work with individuals that are servicing that field. So if you're doing archival research, work with the archivists, the curators, and the conservators. Get to know them. Ask them questions about their processes. You know, ask them questions about their career trajectory. Think about the your natural inclinations, what you do find most fascinating, and think about not just the scholars that are doing that work, but the entire network of people that are supporting that work. Maybe it is the people who are in the grants office or the career office. Maybe it's the folks who are doing the digital scholarship support or the technical support, and really, you know, partner with them and think about it as a symbiotic and equal relationship instead of them, you know, just servicing your, your research or your scholarship. I would, I can't recommend highly enough getting to know the librarians, you know, at the graduate center or wherever you may be doing your graduate work. I am so indebted to um, Polly Thistlewaite and Maura Small and all of the incredible librarians at the graduate center who worked with me not only in pursuing my really relentless decision to make my dissertation open access and to include data visualizations in it by uploading it to the institutional repository, but also by permanently um, making sure it never was on a database 
that was pay to play or, or, you know, a walled garden. And I also worked with alternative academics um, in the journal, the Journal of Interactive Technology and Pedagogy. So that is a journal that is based at the CUNY Graduate Center, and it is an incredibly diverse group that works together to manage and edit the journal. The journal is now in its 23rd, I think, <laughs> issue, and I've been a part of it since the very first day when I was a graduate student. And those experiences working alongside alternative academics and academics of all different ranks and in all different capacities really helped me think of, of, of us all as equals rather than really the false hierarchies that exist in academia that we promote, but really, you know, aren't, aren't true. We all share equal expertise and we all have an incredible amount of skill and knowledge to bring to the table. Well, that's some uh, really great advice, I think. Uh, working together and looking at each other's equals is definitely something that uh, is an effective way of uh, working in academia. And I, I just want to give you a chance for a final word for our listeners. I just want to express my gratitude towards everyone at the Graduate Center for all you know the support that they gave me. I, I really couldn't have been better positions coming out of that program because of the focus on teaching, because of the focus on pedagogy, and the the support in developing technical skills. So I'm very grateful for, for those opportunities. And I'd also just one other little thing, and that's if at all possible, think about getting involved in your professional organization. So I got involved with the Modern Language Association, the MLA, when I was a graduate student, and then as an early career faculty member, I joined the executive council, and that really helped me think about the role of humanities and public humanities at a much larger scale, and it was incredibly invaluable to how I charted my career path and how I advise others when they come to me for advice about careers in the humanities. So if, if you have an opportunity to get involved in your professional organization, don't hesitate. Definitely makes sense to take advantage of the opportunities that you have while you're here. I just want to thank you so much for joining us on Alumni Allowed. Thank you for having me.